Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode 119. This week on Toy Power, we get into our big movie review as we take on Avengers Endgame. That's right, we are here and we are filled with spoiler field goodness well then if we've got time and only if we've got time we'll head into later scores joining me today in the toy power studio we've got darren hello one and all thank you for joining us ben g'day g'day and frank well hoy hoy all right let's get into it I did a presentation during the week for work and uh, it was actually on Friday, just gone. And I was talking about a process that we'd worked on and I, I made the comment, you know, the, the thing that we worked on was bigger than Ben-Hur. Mm. But I want to change that now. I want to <laughs> say it's bigger than Endgame because that's what it was. I think we've got to get into the you know, 20th century, 21st century and uh, move <laughs> on from a, you know, what, a 1970s-odd film. <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the benchmark. Yeah. 50s, is you it? Ne- you need to like sort of rhyme it so it needs yeah. to be more enormous than Endgame or something like that. Yeah, yeah it, I know we did question whether it rolled off the tongue yeah. quite right. Like yeah. the bigger than Ben-Hur sounds just so yes, seamless. Yes, yes. Um, but we are talking talking Avengers Endgame and this is the culmination of 22 movies this felt to me like something I'd never experienced before going to the cinema I experienced something totally new just before we started recording we're talking about Avatar because numbers wise Mm -hmm. Endgame is starting to push towards Avatar which is the highest grossing film of all time and and that we're just sort of reminiscing that was an event seeing this film this felt very much how do we cap off 22 films in the MCU? And for me, it absolutely delivered on that promise yep. to cap off those first 22 films. Let's, can we get into the, uh, the vibe, vibe maybe bit. just to get us all reminiscing about that, that movie, that cinema experience? Did, did anyone else's face just fill with goosebumps? Oh. <laughs> is that, is that you just, no matter what mood you're in, you smile at that point. You're just like, hee, here it comes. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, let's get some numbers as we kick this episode off. How is it doing, Frank? Right, so currently, as Trent said, closing in on Avatar as the number one movie of all time in terms of worldwide takings. I'm not going to read out those silly domestic numbers because domestic is all relative. But in recent, you might have seen the recent headline where it overtook Titanic. There was actually a, a nice tweet actually from James Cameron where he congratulated, you know, the everyone at Disney, uh, and it overtook Titanic, which was at two point one billion dollars. 
Avengers Endgame now sitting at number two on 2.3 billion as of this recording. Avatar still a little bit in front at 2.7 billion. Yes, it's got a way to go. It does. I mean, when you consider, however, the film's been out, what, two weeks? Two now? and a half weeks, yeah. yeah. So it's got a way to be... go, but it's got a way left on it. It's got well, time on its side. I mean, Frank, you've, you've had a second viewing now, right? Yep. Now, how, Darren, you're going to have a second for sure. I reckon I'll probably I'll be aiming for more than two. Yeah. So this is the big thing now. I mean, people mm-hmm. are going to see this multiple times. So oh, I think this has got legs in it. This will run for, what? Eight weeks at least. Oh yeah, at least. Yeah, at yeah. least. It probably run till the Blu-ray comes out. So, it's it's it, you know betting man who say it's going to crack that two point seven. Oh, right? Yeah. Think, just, three, it, maybe three. Well, that was yeah. that was my question. You know, are we looking at at the world's first three billion dollar movie, which is yeah. ridiculous right. to even say out loud? But yeah. quite possibly the first week it opened, I just wanted to draw your attention to something. Salisbury Cinema, my local cinema. Dropped most of their movies, and they had thirty-two seconds a day. I'm not kidding because I I booked my ticket via the website. Thirty-two sessions a day, and the other films that were still on, like Shazam, was down to two. Everything else was down to one. Yep. All gone. Hellboy, Hell, Hellboy was, gone was only on one that once that week. <laughs> <Yeah>. so... <laughs> Once yeah. basically, once Endgame opened, Hellboy was gone. It wasn't even showing at Salisbury, which is sad. It is sad because I didn't get to see it because it was out for about a week. Yeah, but what's what's interesting is whether there was talk with Infinity War that Disney had contracts with the various sort mm-hmm. of cinema chains saying, in in a week you must show this movie X number of times or you don't get some sort of incentive or bonus. Yep. I haven't heard any anything about that for Endgame, but. The other thing is just the sheer logistics of it. Being a three-hour movie, that's less less sessions in a day that yep. the cinemas then have to get bums on seats, effectively. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as someone who saw it a second time, which is literally 24 hours ago now, so by this stage it's been out two weeks, spoilers are everywhere on the internet, and the cinema was still, I want to say, 80% full wow. for a movie that's been out two weeks. And just based on some of the reactions and that, I would say, you know, people around me had already seen it. So they were at their second viewing as well, which I think is where they're going to catch Avatar because yep. Avatar, as great as it was and experience and all that, I, I don't think that was the era where you went to see movies a second, third time. No. So, yeah, we'll see. Very good. All right. Now, the big part of this is the cinema experience. A lot of us were going on that first day. It came out here on a Wednesday, mm. we were lucky enough at work. We had a shutdown that week, so oh, I was oh, off work. Nice. I was I was able to go and you know see it and go as late as I needed to and not have to work. In fact, I think the next day was a public holiday anyway. It was anyway. Anzac Day, so that was pretty good. How did you go? Maybe Frank, start with you. Um, your cinema experience. What was the vibe like? What was the feel like? It were there was... cheers and <laughs> clapping? And were there tears as well? Oh, just about. Like uh, we went uh, to the the Lux, which is gold class. You know, they, they bring you food and drink sort of thing. So we said, right, bugger it. You know, this is this is date night. And we're going to do it properly. And yeah, it it wasn't even a question. When you walked in, normally they go, oh, what movie are you here to see? They just yeah. like. Uh, which session of Avengers are you here to see? <laughs> like, uh, we actually had the, uh, as we were sorting out the tickets and stuff, we had the lady at the counter actually tell us, which we'll, we'll detail a bit later in the spoilery section, but actually told us straight up, just so you know, there's no end credits. Yep. There's no end credit stinger. And it led to this big debate between Ali and myself. We're like, is she, is she messing with us? Uh-huh. Like, can you imagine if she was like, 
wrong and we left early and there was something. Galactus you, flies in. You'd, or you'd ask for your money back, surely. Yeah. Right? Sure, yeah. Um, but as for the session itself, really good. There was a couple of, again, we'll speak to later on, a couple of really big <gasps> inhale moments. And the, I, at one point, I turned to the guy sitting next to me and he just had the, oh, I've never met. Don't know his name. <laughs> he had the same stupid grin on his face that yep. I did. And in that moment, we were friends. Yep. Right? Just for that that 10 seconds and then it was... I think I know the moment you're talking about. Yes. But yeah, that is, we'll, we'll leave it till spoiler section. Yep. But that's wonderful. That is what is going to the cinema and having that shared experience for is sure. wonderful. Ben, what about you? Yeah, How did uh, you go? Uh, for same, I went to the Lux. We had some... Um, some vouchers left over from Christmas, so we went Lux style, and it was awesome. It was the same deal uh, as Frank in the sense that uh, it wasn't what m- movie you're seeing, it's yep. what session you're seeing. So it was booked out the whole day uh, on the Thursday, the public holiday, yep. to see um, the one and only film that was playing uh, in that, you know, <laughs> in that uh, it, it upgraded cinema. Pretty much, yeah. Well done, Darren. What about yours? So I didn't go to the Lux. I went to the ordinary ex- extreme screen um, at Salisbury Cinema. What I what I will say about it though is it the cinema was totally sold out yep. for that session and for sessions either side of it before and for and after. So so I considered myself pretty lucky that I that I made it that night. I actually hadn't been feeling the best that that night. I don't know if these gentlemen remember me saying because yep. we were talking about where. Um, when I was hoping to see it, and but yeah, I came, I, I came good in time to go to that session, which was great, and I had a ball. I didn't really, didn't really notice what people were doing around me or what the reactions were around me. I guess I was so in, encased in the film that mm. that I was, you know, more observant of my own personal responses, I guess, to and oblivious, somewhat oblivious to what was going on around me, but. But I just had that that sense that you know people were having a good time. Obviously, you don't go to the the session that I went to, which was quite late at night. You know, it would have been the next day would have been a working day, unless you're invested in these characters and and in in the story. So my sense is that that people were there because they wanted to be there and and they were excited to be there. The film was you know been out for. A, Almost forty-eight hours at that point, so I imagine probably a lot, still all the, the still cinema, all the hardcore. Most at that of the point, cinema, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would have been hardcore fans, and most of the cinema would have been people seeing it for the first time. Maybe not yeah. all, but most the people in there. My sense was people came out having a good time. At the end of the film, the cinema staff came up and said there was no final credit scene mm-hmm. as well. That that wasn't they're trying to get everyone out and yeah, exactly. into the next reset, one. Yeah, reset. I want to say this quite comfortably that myself and about 40% of the cinema hung around yeah. anyway absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. just to make yep. sure. I, I looked at it as I've been doing this for 11 years. Yep. I'm not about to stop now, regardless of what the staff tell me yeah. to do. Well, like, was, <laughs> fair call. And it felt earned. Like, yeah, it felt oh, yeah. earned. Yeah. And it felt kind of cool that, that it wasn't, that there wasn't an end credit scene well, as well. Well, was there? Well, yeah, that's the thing. But to me, it just felt like they're wrapping up, you know, and and because we're switching phases now. Obviously, Correct, this is yeah. the end of phase three. It just felt like you know this is the end of something that started with the very first Iron Man. Yep. And and to not have have a a final credit scene felt like you know we're transitioning to something. Yeah, I agree. Now. Yep, yep. Um, not quite a clean slate because obviously there's going to be some story arcs that carry over, but it just felt you know this is a time for change and it should be. 
is such a um, monumental thing, 22 films in, and it is the end for a lot of characters. So it should should include, you know, a a bit of a send-off, which, you know, acknowledges that this is different from the 22 that preceded it. Yeah, my first part of the experience was driving into the cinema and trying to get a part. <laughs> and that's when I knew this was going to be big. I had to park a lot further away than I normally would yeah. and, and walk. And I think I was... I had allocated seats, so I wasn't yeah. too stressed. Usually when I, I see these films on my own, because, you know, Leanne's home with the kids, it's just hard to organise babysitters and that sort of thing. And I'm quite happy to, to go on my own. That's fine. So I went, I had a pretty good spot because of it. Mm. I booked late, but I snuck yeah, in because, yeah. you know, sometimes single people seat, yeah. leave the single seat. So I had a good spot, happy with that. Um, there were people that, were chatting, you know, a big group of friends came in and sat near me and they were chatting and there were a couple of people next to me that had their phones out. And I always worry. I'm like, I hope these people aren't doing that sort of stuff during the screening. And sure enough, once it started, dead to silence, no phones were out pretty much. So it was all really good. The big call out for me was I had to pick a time to go to the bathroom. Oh, no. And there is no good time really in this. And I'll, I'll tell you when we get sort of into spoilers, the time I did... So I did, you know, miss a little bit. Not sure exactly what I missed, but I think in hindsight I picked a pretty good spot to to go. But there's actually apps that you can yeah. get specifically for that purpose. You say the movie's starting now, and then yep. it'll alert you going, "All right, go to the toilet now." Yeah. Now's a good bit. <laughs> yeah. So no, very good. Look, enjoyed it. It was a a very very nice experience, and it was good to see it with a big crowd because there was a lot of emotion in this film, and yep. you certainly. You felt those moments where people were cheering. You felt those moments of sort of the the, the breath that yep. everyone took. It was all there. And I, I have to admit there were, there were a lot of tears oh, yeah. um, from the audience. And I, I have to admit maybe there was a bit of dust and a bit of debris floating around <laughs> that got in my eye. So, yep. yeah. Okay. I'm not crying. It's just been, it's just been raining on my face. It is. It, yeah, it was it's terrible. No, I, I couldn't help it. Damn allergies. <laughs> Alrighty, let's go now into our non-spoiler section. So we're just going to chat reactions and try and keep this spoiler free. We will hit an alert if you are, you know, the one person on earth that probably hasn't seen it (laughs) today. In fact, I bumped into a mate of mine on the bus and he's got two kids. They're both young. And I said, oh, you know, have you seen it yet? And he's like, no, I I want to, but I just can't find a time. It just hasn't been right. So there are big fans out there that for whatever reason still haven't been able to see it. But... We will hit the spoiler alert when we do go in there. This is probably the time. It's interesting now when we talk toys. Mm. Marvel Legends just uh, yesterday pretty much dropped a whole heap of their next wave figures. So this is sort of, I guess they're considered spoiler figures. You know, there's versions of characters that might give away things. But this is kind of the time. Two weeks in, they're starting to drop this stuff. But what I consider even bigger than Marvel Legends, because that's I feel some some of these adult-orientated toys are a bit of a niche market in yep. the sense you need to know where to look on the sure. internet to you're find you're not just going to find it right mm. I, I, what, what about the Spider-Man Far From Home coming um, Far From Home trailer yeah. uh, he, uh, uh, what's his Tom, Tom Holland Tom Holland comes up and says if you haven't seen Endgame please yep. stop watching stop now, now because it uh, rolls directly yep. into the events straight after Endgame and mm-hmm. how uh, you know Spider-Man is feeling and who's you know not in the film now and all that sort of jazz yep. so it's pretty that that's enormous like yep. that is that is something, um, you know, my kids would probably watch, you know, and my kids aren't going to find uh, Marvel Legends online, yeah, but yeah. they're going to want to watch See a the Spider-Man, Spider-Man trailer. trailer. Yeah. So, 
that's a bit of an eye opener. So mm. you know, to tick that box, yep, now we can talk about it. You I know? think the the directors were quoted as saying because they would be asked in interviews and stuff, hey, what's you know, you guys have been really good with spoilers. We want to talk about this film, but what what's the protocol here? Yep. And they said two weeks. Once the right. film's been out two weeks, we consider that. You know, if, if you love this stuff as much, and I understand the individual circumstances, but if you love this stuff that much and you haven't been able to get organize the time in two weeks, I don't know what to tell you. Turn yeah. your phone off sort of thing. Like, yeah. So, yeah, and it was pretty much on that two-week mark when these Marvel Legends shots dropped and stuff. So, And I've seen a lot of even the you know official Marvel Facebook page and stuff has been putting up you know little clips that I would consider spoilers going into it. Yeah. So, yeah, so here we are. All right. What was this film to you, Frank? How did you find it? <sighs> Overall impressions? Honestly, it's fan service of the highest order, really. When you break it down, there's, it, it's not the sort of film where if you've seen, let's say, three, four, maybe even five Marvel movies, you go, oh, I might just pick. No, don't. This movie is not for you. If you've seen all of it, this is your payoff for the last 11 years and watching all the things and, and supporting this franchise. That's what it is at, at its core. Uh, it was it was a giant love letter to the fans. There was that many little throwbacks and nods and, and wink, wink to the audience for all this stuff. And it, it, it didn't come off as cheesy. It felt earned. You know, we, we you've, you've come along with us as a fan on this journey for this long. Here's to you. Here's, here's stuff that if you really probably sit down and analyze it, may not be 100% make sense and we'll get into the reasons behind that but just sit in and strap strap in and have a good time basically um i think they did a remarkable job of balancing characters in a movie with this many characters in it very similar to infinity war they were really good with that same writers and directors obviously uh and despite the fact there's three hours it felt like 90 minutes to me didn't it yeah didn't look at my watch once exactly and that's that's a sign of a really good pacing good writing and you know, captivating performances. Yeah. That is just about all I can say without spoiling the hell out of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, this is like the best uh, swan song for comic book films ever made. Like, and this is someone who is a mad fan of Sin City and Watchmen, who has taken those comic books and interpreted interpreted what they've seen in the comic pages onto the screen, seen uh, sure, you know, sure. panel for panel. Mm, yep. So to have this, this feels to me, and the only way I can describe it is um, when reading all the Mirage. Uh, Ninja Turtles comics, you know, volume one, volume two, uh, and then volume four comes along. Peter Lard picks it up as if, you know, it, it never went away mm. and reading it. And you needed to know the, all the story, all the backgrounds yep. of volume one and two to understand where Peter Lard direction was going and why April O'Neil was, you know, acting that way and, you know, why this and why that. And it's just, that was so perfect. This to me, for, uh, uh, Endgame felt like that. I had, you had to have seen, uh, 20 out of 22 films in order to fully yep. appreciate the storylines, fully appreciate the um, the time jumps and things and all that jazz. It's just uh, amazing. I will say that I think um, uh, Infinity War is the better movie, but Avengers Endgame is the better uh the, the the a film that's never been made like Correct. twenty you know yeah. of all the Bond films of all the Godzilla films of all the uh, whatever um, you police know police academy police academy <laughs> films yeah 
Uh, Jurassic <laughs> Jurassic Park films are getting up there now. Yeah. Uh, Terminator films and things. Yep. No one has done this much fan service and harken back Aliens as well. I mean, and Predator films and stuff. Uh, like no one's done this much f- fan service in. You have had to watch the whole series to understand every nook and cranny they're talking about, and it flowed so well. It could have been disastrous, mm. yep. but it flowed so well, and I give it yeah massive respect for that reason. Very similar thoughts to both Ben and Frank. I'm not sure where I rank it in terms of, of um, comparing it to Infinity War, but I, I will say uh, it's probably the one of, if not the most ambitious films that I've ever seen. It has to be the most. I think, again, it's that 22-film story arc and, and bringing that all together and bringing that home in a way that doesn't feel contrived or or just done for the sake of doing it. It's, as Ben said and Frank said, there's a lot of fan service but fan service can be quite disastrous at times. It can be quite jarring. It can yep. it can leave people that don't know things quite as well. Like I, I've got all the MCU films on Blu-ray. You know I've seen them multiple times, but I can't say I know them off by heart. And you know word for, word for word, and so there would be people out there that do. Mm. So, but I felt I knew them well enough. Yeah. To, was, well, that's to, what I was going to ask. You didn't feel left out at no, any point? Not at all. Exactly. Not at all. I felt that's very included. Mission accomplished, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I won't get into the specifics of it, but the character development, particularly among some of the core characters from this 22 film franchise, the character development, the progression that they've taken, to sort of see that come together and be able to bear that in mind with context of where not only where these characters started, but where they've been through yep. each one of their, their appearances leading up to now. It just felt phenomenal. It just felt like, you know, we'd seen these characters grow from from where they started, you know, right back to, you know, in in uh, Tony Stark's case, right back to the first Iron Man film. Yep. And you, know, and you can say that about, about all the, the household names of the MCU. So, yeah, uh, full marks. I, I, I really, really can't say enough good things about it. I, I thought they did a, did a great job. Yeah, this for me was one of my most wondrous cinema experiences. So sitting there in that cinema, watching that movie was like no other cinematic experience I've ever had. And that is because they had the history, the characters that they'd built up and what they were able to do in a team-up film where you might have 30-odd main characters and you're trying to put them into a film. You can only do that when you've got the backstory and you've been able to develop them in that way to give them this sort of payoff. And there were some absolutely stunning moments that I think if any other film had tried to do it, if, you know, DC had tried to do it, say, Justice League, it would have fallen flat because you don't have that built-up connection with the characters that you have after all that time. I mean, there were people sobbing. I've heard stories of people breaking down and not just, you know, quiet tear in the eye hysterically crying uncontrollable and that is that's a marvel you know to be able to elicit that emotion in a cinema is true credit to not only i guess the directors of this film but to what everyone else has done in the lead up because it's part of a Mm. a bigger picture that that this film is leveraging off that that legacy so that was quite spectacular it's not it's not going to go down history as my favorite film Mm. um but it's going to go down history for me as that that experience that I haven't had before and I, I think it'll be very hard to have again. Um, I've said this a lot around, I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of 
Civil War. I, I didn't like Winter Soldier as much as everyone else loved that film. This, completing some of those arcs or the character development for some of those core characters, I think it's made, for me, those better films. Because mm. um, I can sort of see now, looking back, they were kind of real ramifications. I thought they were going to sort of cast aside somewhat. But they always came back into play. They were consistently written. Those characters had a true arc and it was it was wonderful. I can be a bit critical of these comic book films as sort of... Throwaway? Yeah, a bit, mm. bit throwaway. But this solidified a lot of that. And I think you needed some of the, the big things that happened in this film to give it that, that oomph and to make it go beyond a comic book story and really drive it home. And they succeeded with that really well. I won't say it was a perfect film. There, there were some, I guess, some plot issues which we'll talk about. There's some, you know, there's some that are bigger than others or some that will annoy people. There's one that I want to talk about that didn't really frustrate me, but I thought they did something because they needed to cast a particular character to have a particular impact. They did that, and then they've created this strange anomaly, which I do want to talk about yeah, to yeah. see if I've misunderstood it or what, what well, it, what isn't it this means the best exactly. Thing? I've but... listened to lots of other shows that have obviously reviewed it and stuff, and there's always yeah, one person who's, oh, this, 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 and then someone else replies going, yeah, but it works because of ABC. And they go, huh. Like, it's it's interesting the different things that people latch onto, whereas yeah. in someone else's mind, you go, no, that makes sense because of this. Yeah. And then when you put those together, you're like, oh, okay. All right. Let's instead of talking about riddles, let's jump into spoilers, eh? All right. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hit the alarm. We'll hit the alarm. I'll start off with mine, and I just want to touch on it quickly to see if you guys have a, an answer for me. But the big thing in this is it starts off with pretty much you know the days after Infinity War. All right, you know Thanos, he's just destroyed half of civilization. Let's go find him. Let's go and try and fix this. And and they go and they confront him, and he's destroyed. The stones. The stones. He's, yep. You know, he's used the stones to destroy the stones, and from that point, when they execute, and it is, it is, it is he Thor. went for the head. <laughs> he went for the head. He finally did. He listened to that advice, and Thanos did say he should have gone for the head. <laughs> so they kill him, and then it flashes forward five years. Yep. Now that that was the bit that stuck with me. Okay, why go five years? Why not go two years? Right, And I'll tell you why I think the writers went five years. Mm. That was because of Tony Stark's daughter. They needed to have that connection to his daughter. And the daughter needed to act, essentially. Mm. And you can't have a two-year-old acting. So they picked a five-year-old. Yeah, five five yeah. years gives you enough of an actor to portray that role. Yep. But what, what five years does as well is it creates this weird thing because they're not resetting, right? The time travel stuff pans out so that they bring everyone that got killed in the snap forward mm-hmm. five years, okay? Now, that creates for me, uh, well, what happens if, you know, your partner was trapped in the snap? Yeah. You've moved on with your life. Five years, right? You've gone, maybe you've got another partner, and all of a sudden they appear. Yeah. That's just a weird thing to have to deal with. And I can tell when they made, you know, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer disappear together, that was quite clearly... So they didn't have one of them stuck out a limbo with the other, right? Mm. So you have them both disappear and then when they both come back and they don't know any different. 
But what about, you know, Spider-Man's buddy who he yeah. goes to school with? The, the Spider-Man know? one is the one that's got me because it's even shown at the end of the film where he catches up with Ned and they're still in high school five yeah. years later. He's moved on. <laughs> he's graduated from college. Like, he's done. He's out of it. You've written him out. I, I, I would be very surprised with Spider-Man Far From Home coming up in well, a month and a bit's time. They have to ref- they have to address that. Yeah, uh, uh, that's where I think that, that was gets because sense. because yeah. it, then it becomes uncannily uncannily um, coincidental who gets snapped and yep. who doesn't. Like because then you start questioning. Mary Jane was part of the snap because mm-hmm. she's seen in the trailer for uh, um, Far From Home, uh, and and so you know how many friends of friends are snapped and where do you draw the line? Yep. That oh no no that she's a she's not friend enough with that friend so but, <laughs> you, but you that's all fictitious I mean yeah, uh, exactly. I, I'd rather talk about the film yeah <laughs> yeah all right okay so Frank we'll start with you um what do we want to do I've got a fairly <sighs> just just spoiler so, chat just yeah. just general like yeah. big yeah. moments that sort of I've, thing I've yeah. broken mine down into like moments of of wow moments funny moments you know oh you kick it off you're the Marvel man yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then sort of some questions to pose next. So, look, let's the one I was sort of alluding to when I made a new friend in the cinema was Hammer Time. Hammer Time. Hammer time. It had to be right. Yeah. Nice. Like, yeah. It's just I, I didn't see it coming, and then when it happened, and Thor's reaction I was like, oh, I knew it. Yeah. Thor, in that moment, Thor was all of us. Yes. Right. Just going. I knew he could do it. Yeah. Because um, unreal. Because in, in that's a throwback to Age of Ultron when they're all yep. at the uh, around I think the I table it a little. and then <laughs> and then he moved it. Yeah. The cap was the only one, and uh, yeah. and you should have seen Thor's, Thor's face. face. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was wicked. That was a perfect brilliant. throwback. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. My my only okay. Uh, sorry yeah, to segue go on, on. Go on. My only issue with that, right? I'm I too loved it. You know, wicked. He's rightful and um, worthy and all that. But how does he use the electricity? How does he Ooh. use the lightning? Because that's because that's, <laughs> that's Thor's cool. power, yeah. right? That was my only beef with we the whole movie. Yeah. Not not the facts of the yes, you can. I can yeah. look at time and you know be wittle it and things. That was my only thing against the film is that uh, how can Cap then charge electricity? And this is this is where I think comic book logic comes into it because if that was on the page and Cap zapping Thanos, you wouldn't question it, right? Because yeah. you go, oh, it's a comic book. And then all of a sudden, because it's live action and movie, you have those sorts of questions, which is warranted because I, on second viewing, that's what I thought as well. It's like, oh, here it comes. You know, he grabs a hammer and he's just Mortal Kombat uppercutting yeah. and all this <laughs> sorts of stuff. And then the lightning and you go, hang on a hmm. second, shouldn't he be like dead now? Yeah. Like, yeah. So either way, just a wonderful, and that was that cinematic moment yeah. where just everyone in the cinema, there was people laughing, there was people cheering, there was people just who just didn't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. Thor's right? like, you have the little one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And even the bit where for a moment Thor's got both. He's yes, got Stormbreaker yes. and yeah. Mjolnir and yeah. he's dual wielding. You're like, that's that's a splash page in a comic book, right? Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, on second viewing, for me, the MVP of this movie is Thor yeah. in terms of He's he's played a lot for laughs, right? Because he, he's he's what I'm calling Hobo Thor or Big Lebowski Thor and mm-hmm. stuff. Because he's he's put on this extra weight, and he's played for a lot of laughs. But then on a dime, you know, someone I think when he the very first scene he's in, and Hulk is there, and he's saying, "Hey, we need your help," and he's all joking here, have a beer, relax. And then he uses the word Thanos, yep. and he turns, and all of a sudden you you remember he's taken on this guilt of I I didn't go for the head, I cost everyone. Yep. And Chris Hemsworth's range is just 
amazing. You see it again when he goes to meet up with his mum and Rocket's giving him the pep talk. He's like, yep, yep, I can do this. And he's like, nah. And just you, you see the pain in his eyes again. I can't do it. And I thought apart from being something you did not expect, I don't know if it's ever been done in the comics as far as Thor lets himself go. Uh, I just thought his range was phenomenal. And just as you an really feel that he's a broken man. Exactly. Yep. exactly. Just two things on that. I love that aspect because we saw that very prominent in the storyline of Iron Man 3. You know, uh, Tony mm, Stark was yep. very mourning and uh, stressed and, you know... Uh, Post-traumatic stress yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now, now you're finally seeing the rest of the Avengers yep. stressed because they've lost... Potentially half their friends, half the world. You they know, they failed. feel blamed. Yep, mm. they, they feel, Yeah, so I love that. And the other um, aspect was um, Thor. You know, the, the smart thing they did with the advertising and the trailers. They never ever showed you Thor any, you Big know, other, really. uh, uh, anything else than the, um, you know, Calvin Klein looking, uh, <laughs> you know, clean shaven, yep. beautiful looking Thor style. You never saw him with the bigger beard. Yep. You never saw him with the fat gut, obviously. On all the movie posters and all the trailers, yep. they were very, very clever with that. And it was a true, genuine shock to see him on the screen yep. uh, yeah. as a bigger man. Yep. Like, I was like, wow. You know, mm. and, and I love that aspect. that they, And he was... Uh, in that film for 80%, maybe more of that bigger uh, version of him. And, you know, it not one, not, you know, I felt like that was something that could have been easily spoiled by anyone. And yet it wasn't spoiled. It was just beautiful. Also, when he did finally, you know, go into battle mode and and got Mjolnir back, I was expecting, you know, oh, Asgard Lightning, he's going to get his six pack back, right? And it didn't. Even when he's in full armor going to fight Thanos, he was still tubby, which I thought was just, Absolutely. Mind you, somehow the lightning, you know, neatly knitted his beard and combed his hair, but no, can't lose weight with Asgard lightning. So, (laughs) yeah, I thought it was wonderful. Look, the other one that just had me giggling like a schoolgirl was the elevator scene when they're they're doing the time jump, Cap's in the elevator, and it's literally almost shot for shot like Winter Soldier. And you're like, oh, damn, here we go, elevator elevator fight scene again. And he leans in, he's like, Hell Hydra. And you're like, oh! I like that reference because obviously in the comic book arc yep. there was that whole he's working as an agent of yes. Hydra. Yeah, yeah. Lovely little reference. So a, brilliantly yeah. done. There's a reference to that but then it's also time travel story done right where yep. instead of repeating the events he knows something that he's you know past it. Yeah. Correct. He's so smarter. Yep. He's smarter, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That hands down, I have to say, put my hand up in the air, my favourite scene. Yep. Like yeah, of all the cool. of all the movies, I was like, oh my god, how's he going to get out of this? Is yep. this going to be an exact fight for fight? Hey, oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I just stop, imagine, stop imagine. the film. I just well, I need another beer right now. Like, you know, ding, 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 ding on the uh, you know. Can you imagine being the writer who the, brought that oh, to yeah. the table? Everyone else would have gone, oh damn! High fives all round. You get a raise. <laughs> Mic dropped. Like yeah. unreal. Um, the other sort of moment, and it was very quick that I almost didn't register it the first time around. Big fight scene. Captain Marvel comes in, and we'll get into her a bit later in terms of how she was used, but. She's literally going toe-to-toe with Thanos. And it almost seemed to be a recreation of that. Thanos is reaching down with the gloved hand to like what he did to Captain America. And, and in Infinity War, he, he resists for just that second. Same sort of thing. But Captain Marvel can obviously resist a little bit harder to the point where Thanos is like, right, I'll headbutt you. And she doesn't freaking move. She just doesn't even flinch. You hear the noise crack. And Thanos, that's the first time you see fear in Thanos' eyes. He's like... I just headbutted this girl and she didn't she her hair didn't move, right? I I thought that was that was wonderful. Yeah. 
Agreed. All right, a couple of things from me. Um, so the uniforms all being similar, I thought like seeing the trailers and things, we yep. knew there were uniforms. I thought the explanation to as why they had the uniforms all the same was really cool. Really Made neat. sense, right? Yes, yep. it did. It was, it was a plausible storyline. Yep. Um, uh, I like the explanation of time and how they perceive it to work and referencing all the other films. <laughs> Back to the Future gets yeah. a reference. Hot yeah. Tub Time Machine, yep. uh, Die Hard. No, wait, Die Hard's not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that didn't get a mention was Days of Future Past for all these reasons. <laughs> I wonder why that didn't get a mention. Yeah. And and well, my last one before I hand it over to uh, Darren is um, a cap. Uh, you know, talking to his father, going back in time and having that real powwow oh, session, like yes. my father to father chat. Yep. Uh, you know, thing. And in that sort of aspect, uh, seeing Agent Carter and seeing yep. Hank Pym's. Um, uh, helmet yep. like the uh, the original Ant Man OG, OG. Yeah. yeah loved all that and I just gotta say a couple of things like uh, seeing the Agent Carter storyline wrapped up was another huge highlight in my books because I felt she was such an awesome character so yeah. awesome in fact that she had her own te- television series that was great but she was just stuck in her own time. She, yeah. you know, aside from uh, Tony Stark's dad and things, she, you know, she didn't really have anyone else to. Uh, you know, buddy up to mm. and seeing Captain America then go back and, you know, uh, in time and, you know, marry her or whatever. Yeah, I just love that. that. That's, you know, final swan song with her wrapping up that storyline. Uh, just fantastic. I, I think that was a huge uh, tick in my book and, yep. you know, the correct decision to go down and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and bring her back in because she yeah. was a big character at yep. the start. Um, yeah, loved, loved every minute of that. Mm. Beautiful. So for me, I guess the big one was the character development, and I think that paid off for numerous characters. Tony Stark, obviously, in the first Iron Man, I think Frank and I had a conversation about this during the week, starts off, he's introduced as a character who's quite self-centered, mm-hmm. and and I guess you'd say, in diplomatic terms, very focused on himself and, yep. and what's in it for him. But this is a guy, that, and, and obviously we've done the spoiler alert, this is a guy that carries around so much guilt around what happened in Infinity War, particularly in re- relation to, I guess, Peter Parker, who, mm-hmm. who he was mentoring, that he puts it all on the line. Yep. You know, he, he asks basically for one promise, uh, make you know, to Steve to make one promise, and that's to make sure that, you know, the little girls, you know, his daughters, um, you know, they don't interfere with that when, when they go back. But he puts everything else on the line, and, and he makes... You know, an enormous sacrifice to to right those wrongs. It's not a. I don't believe if you look back at the first Iron Man that you would have called that watching that film. That you know what I mean. But if you look at how it's come gradually (laughs) over the course of several films, you can see how it's come. But there's no way you could have made that back in 2008. That leap. That's how you'd write him out of this franchise. Yeah. Uh, That not. I don't just mean being killed, but that he would voluntarily. You know what I mean? Make yeah. that ultimate it's, sacrifice. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, writing in, well, most aspects is about character arcs and where you take a character. They've done that, and normally you do that in the course of a single movie, right? Beginning and end. They've done that over the course of 10, 11 years. Exactly. And so when the payoff happens right at the end, I am Iron Man, snap, basically sacrifices himself to save not just his daughter and stuff, but every, you know, half the known universe. Yeah. That, that has enormous resonance because that was always going into it. That was one of my fears was how can they possibly do this without some sort of deus ex machina type mm. 
you know, God machine, which is, I suppose, what sort of the stones are really. But how can they make that bring it back down to earth and make it relatable? And they, they did it. They did through it. That. Yeah, yeah. They, they absolutely smashed it. The, the other one that I thought was really well done was Hulk. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they all were. Don't get me wrong, but he's someone we haven't spoken about. And this this one, I think, I have to give points because. I think that one would have been the hardest one to do because obviously Bruce Banner was was Ed Norton originally, and and we've talked talked about that before. And one of the things I think they did well with the Incredible Hulk for me, well at least that I liked, was that you really felt in his performance how much soft loathing he had around that aspect of him carrying that that monster within in him. And you look at the last few films and where this has gone and. You know, you look at back to Infinity War where, you know, things things had shifted so much that he was des- desperate to become Hulk, but he was too scared or whatever and he couldn't change. Now you've reached a point where he's at peace with who he is. Mm. He's embraced it. And, and I think that, is, for me, that was brilliant storytelling, particularly when you look at the Incredible Hulk and where he started out. Yep. And for them, for me to still feel that, despite the change of actor... And that could have so easily been lost, mm. but I really think the writing and and the performance it was still conveyed in a in a very convincing way, and you felt that that a story arc had been told that hard all the way back to his very first appearance in the MCU. Obviously, Ben's talked about um, St- um, Steve Rogers' um, storyline coming to fruition with with Peggy Carter, and and for me that was a highlight. Like like Ben said, she was. She, to me, she's an A-list character that just got caught in the wrong timeline um, or the wrong part of the timeline. I'd, I'd actually love for them to, to do a fourth Captain America with Peggy Carter with them in this yeah, time when together. when he goes back in time. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know that we're going to see it, no. but, but I'd love to because I, I think that that that's just something I'd love love to see them do and that, that would be be just sensational. But yeah, I think all the character development, particularly in the main ones, was... was Really good. The big, big shock for me was Black Widow. Yeah, um, the that, fight with um, yeah. Hawkeye. It was brilliant. I, I literally yeah. didn't know. No, I changed you in, tell. in that sequence that was only goes for about a minute. Yeah, I, I shifted about four times, going, "Oh, it's got to be him." No, it's got to be her. Oh, and I, I agonized over that. Like, I mean, there was, was a well bit done. of a giveaway. I did hear before, um, you know, a few months back, but I wasn't sure if it was real or not. But Scarlett Johansson, I think, was quoted as saying that the Black Widow film would have to be an origin story. So there was a hint uh, okay. that maybe she wouldn't survive this, but I wondered whether she'd be misquoted when I read that all the way through until I saw this yeah, film. Yeah. And then when I saw that scene, I sort of had that uneasy feeling. But even even though I'd sort of had that tip off, it was still a shock scene on the screen. Mm. Uh, she's such a beloved, iconic character in her rendition of that. So yeah, I think for me the highlight was the character development. Don't get me wrong, the spectacles there too. It's a it's a beautifully shot film, and the visuals are absolutely stunning. But the character development for me helps sell it. You know, it made it so much more fun, and as others have said before me so much more eloquently, you felt that this was to pay off. You watched twenty two films, and now you're finding out where all these characters were going to go. Yep. Just with that, sorry, just with that um, Hawkeye versus Black Widow, I felt. This was Hawkeye's best film. Like in all the yeah, twenty-two films, fair. he was always that sort of background character. You saw him first show up in uh, Thor, was it? When he uh, yes, no, before Thor, Thor one, yeah. yep. and and stuff. So he he was always that background. And I felt this was his 
lime, you know, time well, to shine. Yeah. And, and I really thought they fleshed him out so well. And the fight scene with uh, Black Widow is like not a love scene, uh, fight scene. It's like a respectful yep. uh, family, you know. Yeah. I've known you since we were back in, you know. Shield Cadet. days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I have a lot of, you know, respect for that. I think that's awesome. So it, yeah. it was tough to see, say goodbye to her, but, um, you know, she went down well. Yeah. Yeah. And even even just, sorry, just touching on Hawkeye, I get the opening scene. The opening yes. scene. Yeah. He got the opening scene. That, he got where, the emotional that's where, weight. That's where the dust started coming in, let yeah. me tell you, because you know, right, having just come off the back of Infinity War, you know what's about to happen before yep. it does. And then to see his reaction when he realizes what the hell's going on yep. he just oh breaks me it was a very emotional mm. start to the to the film and yeah the um the the ronan character wasn't in it much but i guess it showed his progression yep. um and you got a pretty cool fight scene in the street uh, which was done very nicely but yeah i mean i think most people thought that was spoiled from the outset you know that Hawkeye was Ronan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but yeah. which, but you know that didn't didn't probably spoil the film too much. Um, to carry on from what Darren said, I loved Hulk. I loved the version of Hulk we got, and I think to that point, I heard a few comments where they're saying, you know, Hulk wasn't the Smash Hulk that we're used to, and I think that's great for character development. He's come exactly. along the path, and it made for some wonderful scenes. That scene in the diner where we first see kind <laughs> of we bring it back to you know it's it's a we open with that emotional weight. But then we're brought back when Scott Lang comes in and the whole, is, is that anyone's sandwich? And he goes and eats yeah. a sandwich. Changes the tone of it. You go into the diner. You've got that wonderful scene with the autograph and Hulk just acting so out of character. Yeah. It's so wonderful to see. And then, you know, no one wants Ant-Man's signature. And then the whole, come on, get his, you know, get his. No, no, it's awkward now. I, 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 if not for the fact that he was CG'd in, obviously, yeah. I almost feel that's an outtake that they yeah. just kept in the, that was ad-libbed. Yep. But yeah, brilliant. I love that. I loved, you know, we talked about some of the spectacle and obviously this is a big budget film with a lot of characters. That last moment when Doctor Strange opens up those portals in the, I guess, the Avengers Tower space where that's become Mm. ground zero and all those characters that we lost in the snap are back. That was my sort of first goosebump moment to see everyone assemble. That is that whole Avengers assemble and and it just was so impactful for it, me. It fit. They, they've teased that line in a couple of movies, yep. like I think at the end of end of Age of Ultron when there's the new breed and Cat literally looks like he's going to say it and then they cut to credits. And so when he said it, it didn't come off as cheesy or forced. You're like, no, nah, yep. now's a good time for that. Like, it's it, a perfect it felt time. Earned, yeah. Like, yeah. And there were some moments, I know there's probably a bit of, there was one moment where all the female characters got their yep. sort of, you know, center spread if that was a comic book that yep. would be the big two, two page. pager yep. spread that you'd get um I, look it, it was contrived in a way but i still felt that was you know here's all the avengers chicks you know here yep. are all the the female characters and look what a roster we've got mm. there's captain marvel and you're gonna make a run with the um the gauntlet so i thought i for me that yeah i knew what it was and i took it for what it was but well done for for having a you know something the the girls can go look at that there's there's our our girl yeah. team and we've got quite a team but there were some really wonderful moments in that fight scene i thought spider-man was was really good um iron the spider kill, in the that kill, instant uh, kill mode yeah, instant yep. kill, yeah. <laughs> yep. but then someone else i think a shout out to breaking the panel guys uh, when they did a review they said he never turned it off (laughs) (laughs) he's just gonna go up and shake someone's hand oh cool (laughs) but then i think they said all his uh all his mandibles got broken off off. yeah 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 
Yeah. So look, some wonderful moments. Um, so many, I think, you know, going back in time and reliving some of those yeah. core moments that was bit where it comes cool. up with New York 2012 and you're seeing the invasion. That yep. was that was a, a, you know, goosebumps moment for me. I just went, oh, we're back here. And uh, honestly, if you paid attention to some of the leaks and articles out there, there was always this suspicion that it was going to involve time travel. Yes. And But then to see them actually do it and just like, oh, we're back here. We're back here, yeah. And what was amazing, and I, I don't know if there was, they used sort of found footage from Avengers 1, but they or they actually went to the effort of recreating those scenes. Like where Loki, right at the end of Avengers 1, and he's like, you know, if it's all the same with you, I'll have that drink now. Yep. And then they continued that scene on whilst current Tony yeah. Stark is hiding in the background. And I'm like, did they just, is this stuff from the original footage or did they actually go and recreate? Or did, either way, it was seamless. Spliced right? in. It's, it felt very much like Back to the Future when he's on the stage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing the original shot, shot from for a shot. Angle, but yeah. then, yeah, no, they're actually, yeah, shooting it from there. And wow, that's very cleverly recreated. I'm, I'm sure they used a combination of original footage and then redoing yeah, it from yeah. a different angle. But very well done. Tilda Swindon came back yep. as well. And there was that whole moment and I quite like that moment where Doctor Strange in Infinity War sort of said, I've gone back and I've looked and there's this is the only one. He gives up the time stone. Yeah. You know, why the hell has he given up the time stone? I think that played out yeah. in the fact that that was the act he needed to do to get Tilda Swindon to then yep. give up the time stone again to Hulk. Because she wasn't going to. She wasn't like, going and to Hulk couldn't do anything. And there's that moment where she goes, He gave it up willingly and you see her brain going Yep. Oh crap! He's done that for a reason, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean. They brought all the characters back. It's just all so beautiful. I, it, shout out to the point cap on cap fight. Cap on cap. I yeah. love. I I mean, I love seeing these Avengers, you know, fight and things like that against the big baddie. Yep. But I love it when they fight amongst themselves. Like, yep. you know, you can't have the all ensemble team always be happy with each other. Yeah. So seeing cap on cap fight was just <laughs> so cool. And then that great line, you know, that's the ass of America. Like, <laughs> When he looks at his own ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I even love the you talk about character development. It was played for laughs, but the you know when he's he's fighting him and he's like eyes on Loki and he's like I could do this all day and the current cap is like yeah yeah I know yeah, right? yep. Yep. and to me that's that's where the current cap is. He's like I'm no longer this plucky you know America yep. is great flag waving whatever. He's more he's matured and he's like. That's just a saying that I would say. I can't actually do this all day, which yep. then pays off later in the film with you know the way he he sort of ends his storyline. But I just thought it was it was a great like yeah, just shut up. Like, don't don't give me my own catchphrase. Like yep. <laughs> I thought it was wonderful. Falcon getting the handover of yep. the shield was that? I mean, it, it fitted. It mm. fitted very nicely. Was that a bit of a surprise to anyone? Only because. Uh, in the comics, it, that does happen, but it's Bucky first. Bucky has it yep. for however many years, and then it gets passed to Falcon. But as a few people have said, and again, shout out to Breaking the Panel, I don't think where you think of where the character, the movie version yep. of Bucky, is at that. Wouldn't point. make sense. No, would it? he's no. not ready I, for it. He just he's not he's not the person to do it. I I agree with that hundred percent. But I think Bucky needed to make more of a. No, I'm not ready for it. Mm -hmm. Almost verbally saying it, or no, 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 not me, man. No, or you know, sort of, you know, making more of a gesture than just, you know, like sort of, you know, like passing it over Bucky and then giving it straight to Falcon because I didn't. I, I think that I don't think it was it was milked enough. Yep. You know, yeah, I just I think it was like with that. I, I think it was just like it was already decided. I'm not giving it to Bucky. I'm going to give it to Falcon, and I just think 
Bucky should have been the next one in line to pass, and, turn it down. Yeah, and, and then yep. him turn it down. Yep. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was that that Cap knew because there's that moment just as he's leaving to you know put the stone. Oh, he'll be back in five seconds after he's put all the Infinity Stones back, and you see Bucky and Cap's interaction. Bucky knows. Bucky knows. Bucky knows he? he's yep. not come back. Oh, he knows him. He don't knows do anything stupid. I'm, yep. How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. That's a that's yep. a Captain America one line, right? The yep. same thing because at that point he knows that Bucky's possibly not coming back from the war, sort of thing. So, yeah, I I, I understand what you're saying, Ben. But that as soon as I saw that look in Stan Sebastian's eyes, where he's like, "Yep," I was like, "All right, it's it's going to Falcon." Like, mm. yeah. I do just have to quickly call out the rescue scene. So Gwyneth Paltrow mm. gets uh, the rescue, rescue suit. suit of armor, which was lovely, which was spoiled. I did see some production pic For me, yeah. personally, I did see her in the suit in a makeup sort of shot. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so it did leak to me. I did see that, so I yeah. knew that was coming. But I thought she played that very well, that last moment yeah. when Tony oh. Stark's done it. Yeah. You've got um, Spider-Man, I guess, you know, and she kind of moves him away to have that final moment, which with was him. very fair. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't mm-hmm. anyone have done that? Oh, of like, course, yeah. of course you yeah. would. Yeah, but, um, but what she says, done. like well, you know, it'll uh, be okay and all that. Just not, be... not like yeah. no, don't go, no, don't no. go. I thought what she said in, yeah. in on the flip side perfect. was perfect. Was like brilliant. because it's yeah. like you know, you've you've done, you've saved the world umpteen dozen times now. Yeah, you know, you we rest. will you be okay. You know, yeah, getting goosebumps right now. So that and um, one other scene, I cried. I'll be. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. I yeah. yeah, so it was pretty. And and I love that a film can build that a much that, emotion yeah. mm-hmm. because up to the, now, my adult years, I have never cried in films. Yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I'm, I'm I'm too manly, you know. <laughs> um, but just you know, showing this emotion in these films, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I've got three things written down that no one's talked about yet. Yeah. Uh, Gamora is back. Yep. Yes. So alternate yep. timeline. And she's back in, not in a fan break. of Peter. <laughs> so I, I think they're just going to have a fantastic time yep. riding her into the new films yes. and the Guardians. Yep. Guardians Three: The Search for Gamora. Yeah. We're pretty much with Thor, really. With, isn't yeah. It? The Asgardians yeah. of the yeah. galaxy. Yeah. Um, I really liked how Captain Marvel didn't take over the film. Yes. That was my one big yes. concern. Like yep. I thought she was yeah. just going to come in and be like, you know, flick. Right, and uh, you know, and then, Thanos, yeah. yeah, and then three hours of just seeing her and the Avengers, you know, follow her in a uh, conga line, so to speak. <laughs> um, but it could have happened. Could've. Like, it could have, yeah. yeah. Yep. And I, I think they used her very well, and the, yes. the reasoning yep. for her doing what she, you know, for not being on Earth, helping yep. everyone, is because uh, you know not every world has the Avengers. Yes. I thought that was yeah. brilliant. Very cool. Very to cool. me, it's like she is the Green Lantern of the yep. Marvel of Correct. the you know Marvel universe. I, I love that, and I thought she was used perfectly for such an extremely powerful person. Yep. You know, uh, yeah, very, very well done. And the the last one I've got to call out is Scarlet Witch fighting Thanos. Yes. Uh, and oh. and Thanos is like, I don't know who, who you are. <laughs> yep. I, I just thought that was so cool because she was sort of that background, you know, character in um, Infinity War, sat holding on to uh, Vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yeah, of course Thanos didn't know who she was. Yeah. So. And when she, you know, and and when she went toe to toe, they were pretty, you know, she was evenly handed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was wicked. Yeah, yeah very good. We, we're not going to dwell. We made a decision before we are shooting this recording not to dwell too much on time, travel, and plot holes that it creates. But I guess when you do think it through, that does open up yeah. a myriad of, of concerns or what might happen or future. But out yeah. of it, there are a couple of interesting things. We talked about the Gamora bit. So Gamora is 
back. So it is essentially Gamora from the past, almost pre-Guardians 1, yep. coming into the, the fray now. So she's back, but she's got no knowledge of the events that the other Gamora had had gone through. Mm. In the same way, Loki, because they stuffed up that first yeah. attempt to get the Tesseract, yep. And Loki just disappeared with the Tesseract, yes. essentially. But, so, so that's a um, apparently a channel into yes. the, lo- the the Loki the Loki standalone yes. TV series. Yes. So yes. now that's cool, and and everyone loved Loki. There was sort of these moments of oh no, we've lost Gamora, and oh no, we've lost Loki. They're gone. Well, that's how they got brought back. Yep. Um, I think for things like Iron Man and for Scarlett Johansson's character yep. gone, of gone. Um, Black Widow, they're they're gone now. They're done. I was and Cap. Cap is. Yep. I mean, he's aged and he's. Yeah done now yep. so. I was 100% ready for uh, death in this yep. film like, I knew be, some of the big A-listers were, yeah. were going uh, and I sort of you know hit, like sort of I uh, had the idea maybe Thanos uh, no sorry no, maybe Thor, Thor Iron yeah. Man and um, Captain America yep. Did not pick Scarlet, uh, no. you know, which, uh, sorry, Black Widow. Uh, Black Widow. Mm. She came as a shock and I was like, oh, I don't want you to go. You're so, you know. Um, and so, part yeah. of that's probably because we all knew that she's getting a solo film as well. So you sort of... Yeah, you're not expecting that, that solo yep. film might have been set after the events mm. of this rather than before. Yeah, Any, I, I, yep. pick, I picked Cap as far as... Uh, sorry, Iron Man, the fact okay. that he was going to die. I, I, for those of our who are our Patreons would know, I wrote a little yep. piece in the lead-up to the film mm-hmm. and I said, look, it's going to... Thor, I don't know, could have no. gone either way, right? He's yep. lost all everything in his life. If he was to die in battle, what a way for a Norse god to go, right? But Cap and Thor... Cap and Iron Man, sorry. I, for me, it was always going to be Iron Man, right? I, I think... I think socially, where America is at the moment, yep. to kill Captain America on screen, I think that they'd... Bad move. Yeah, yep. they'd lose their minds. And I think bringing Agent Carter back into it was a really smart way to do that. And Iron Man, despite the fact that they set him up with the daughter earlier, made you think he was going to live. I was like, nah, he's... And for me, it comes back to a line in Avengers 1 where the two of them are about to, they're, you know, yep. who's got the bigger chest type thing. And Cap says to him, he goes, you're not the man to make the sacrifice play. You'd, you'd, uh, you, you're not the guy to lay down on a wire and let yeah. the other guy crawl all over you. Yep. And you talk about character arcs, Darren. Yeah. What a way to bring that full yeah. around when he, he's literally saving everybody. Yes. Yeah, no, loved good, it. Good call. Any other, without going to the time travel plot issues, I guess, or, or, or things we could discuss for the next three hours... <laughs> Leaving time travel alone, any other sort of plot holes or things that didn't make sense? I just had, I just called out the lightning in the hammer yep. yeah, for Cap. That yeah. was it for yeah. me, really. Yeah. I'll just say, as far as the time travel goes, I'm not one to sort of nitpick on that stuff anyway, because I always think that's always an incredibly ambitious thing. And unless there's something really glaring, you know, I generally don't pick on that with, with films. Having said that, I, I just thought that added to the fun of it, mm. to be honest with you. And I thought that could have gone down like a lead balloon with me because one of my favourite Marvel films of all time is not in the MCU, it's Days of Future Past, and it could have felt like it borrowed too much from that. But I think they made it more than different enough yep. for it not to. Yeah, the five-year thing for me, as I talked about earlier, was just the... It, I can see why they went down that path and kudos to them for going, let's just not reset... The, the snap and take yeah. that away and basically go back to that Still, point. So Let's make yeah. it all have impact. Mm-hmm. Everything that's happened has happened and we're just bringing everyone forward. So I like the fact they did that. It was something I wasn't expecting. Just created that weird... that The five year was the thing for me. Yeah. If they'd made it one year, I reckon that would have worked. That would have just smoothed out some of those 
you know, weird I think, coming I think back together. I think one year that there isn't consequences, right? Because what you see is five years later, Cap's still running a support group. Yeah. No, There's, no, Black Widow. Black, Black Widow's Black running Widow. the Avengers. And yeah. she, yeah. Looked, she looked so like the weight of the world yeah. is yes. on her shoulders. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, and I really felt for her, you know. I, I was in that moment thinking, oh, man, under that pressure of work and duties and trying to hold everyone yeah. together and, how um, War Machine hangs back and has that, you know, prep talk with her. Yeah. Are you okay? Like, let's, yep. you know, um, Avenger to Avenger style. Like, are yep. you okay? And I, I re- that that set the mood, like, of, yeah, the, yeah. of the distance of time mm. between um, what's, you know, how they're trying to do. And they're, they're, they're you know, s- scraping together. Yes. Like, and, yep. and yeah. One other thing I, I forgot to call out is a um, sort of, you know, a, an issue is I didn't recognise the person on the right, I think, the, 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 the boy. In yeah, the funeral scene. scene. I, yeah, that I was, didn't either. That was um, yeah. Iron Man 3, the boy. The kid. Yeah, the that's right. The boy from Iron Man 3. Yep, yep. So I found that out on Breaking the Panel. Thanks, guys. And I thought that's wicked. Because it is... panned over to him. Yes. And yep. I'm like, who the who, hell is yeah, that? Cool. Yeah. And because he had, yeah. he'd grown up, right? So yep. you, it wasn't. The fact we didn't know who he was, he just couldn't recognise him. He was five But but in a in a um, segue to that, I didn't feel they gave enough uh, mourning to Black Widow's death. Like they, everyone's crowded around Iron Man and like, oh, sorry, you know. But then no one uh, they talked about Black Widow, but there yeah. wasn't a, a separate. I flower or something actually. thrown in the water or yep. whatever for Black Widow, and especially the fact that all of them were there. You know, even yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 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 Samuel Jackson, Samuel yep. Jackson Nick and Fury, stuff. Yeah. Nick Fury, surely he would have had an extra rose or something for her. Yeah, uh, you know, like a yeah, uh, just just a something I sort of picked up. That's a, a very valid point. I remember thinking that at the time her sacrifice was no less significant to yep. the cause. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, may not have wouldn't been have happened in without front her, of yeah. everyone, but they wouldn't have succeeded without the sacrifice. Yeah. The only one, one thing I remember coming home from this was going, oh my God, that movie had everyone in it. And then I actually started to stop and think and go, was there, uh, was there anyone missing from this film? And the only, only sort of characters of real significance I could think of was Vision, which yep. in the context of the movie makes sense. Well, he was gone, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah, he doesn't have the stone in his head. I wondered if they were going to go down the path of he now operates and doesn't need the stone to live, something yep. like that. Didn't happen. Uh, my wife pointed out Odin was the other one, which again yes. kind of makes sense given in Ragnarok he basically passes away. But he was there in the flashback scene where they go back to Asgard. Odin he was Odin was alive. He was. With, when the mum was alive, so they could have they could have if done they'd that. wanted to. But there was yep. no real need, was there? Because no. it was more about the conversation with his mother. Yeah. 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 And um, oh, oh, speaking of people who were in this film, did anybody see Howard the Duck? No. no, I've heard. I've He's heard in, there. Been in there. Wow. Yeah, in the, no. in there, and you mentioned it earlier, Trent, with the portal scene when everyone's coming back in, and I think it's at the point where. Uh, when you see Wasp for the first time, yes. and he's not sort of front row, he's sort of second row back, and he, you just about see half of him, but it is unmistakably Howard the Duck. The story with that goes, I've read an interview with the producers, it was literally three days before they're going to screen this film, you know, it's done, it's edited, and then somebody mentioned, oh, Howard the Duck, that'd be cool, and he couldn't let it go, and he's like, <laughs> so he went, he went to the visual effects team and went, I know it's a tight timeline, but is there any chance we can include it just somewhere? And they're like, oh, you're the boss. We'll see what we can oh, do. Wow. And and, it, and it's in the final cut. So I love it. That's Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Meanwhile, there are coffee cups 
being displayed <laughs> on Game of Thrones tables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've we've touched on it a little bit as far as the very end of the film. Stingers, whilst there wasn't an actual scene, if you did hang around right to the end of the credits, there was a noise, which was sort of like the, the anvil noise. Anybody know what that's referring to? I do. I'm just I'm no, putting it out no. there. It's Iron Man 1. It's literally the sound when he's making that first suit oh, of armor in yes. the in the cave. Yep. And and when I when I saw it the first time, I was like, "What?" And I literally had to look it up afterwards and went, "Oh my god, that's beautiful, right?" Like, yep. so to people who say there's no post credit stinger, I say, "I'm sorry, you're wrong. There is because to me, that's it's literally you know, and it's symbolic as far as it's a forge. You're making something. You, Tony Stark was literally making the MCU all yep. the way back in that cave. We just didn't uh-huh. know it yet." Right, and I love nice. that. I think that's yep. a perfect little send off. Yeah. Just, just on that. Now that I think about it, there was a lot of effort that went into forging the gauntlet. You know, mm. the the gauntlet that was able to take on the stones. And I seem to remember a scene. I remember a scene from Guardians where the Collector had one of the stones, and and basically it got yeah. kind of unleashed and it ripped this whole. Yep. It was going you know, so powerful. It was going to rip this planet apart. Is there any explanation for the fact that Iron Man can just make like have his Iron Man gauntlet that can then accept the stones? Was well, that? I mean, I, was, I mean, it killed it, him in the end. It right? did, but when they were playing around with this one stone, you know, like oh, touch, don't touch and, the stone. And, and, yeah. So much carnage, and it's, yeah, we have to forge this special gauntlet to take it. Whereas just his his tech and look was what, enough. Look like, what happened to Star Lord when he held it, and yeah. the only reason he was able to hold it is because he was a god. You know, like yeah, he yeah. had half god. Like it would, was it not, a bit? No, no, I don't. Yeah. I, I'm just. I just thought of that. Yeah, like yeah, I thought yeah. they put a lot into yes. the, the gauntlet yep. and and how powerful these stones were. And then I felt, is that consistent now through? And I know I don't. I don't really care. Get the get get it in and get the gauntlet working. That's the main part. But it just felt it's one of these things you set it up so you make something so powerful, yeah, and then yeah. you have almost gone. You go too far, yeah, and you yeah, actually yeah. we need to dial that back now a little bit. So yeah, it was. I, I like that bit with, with Hawkeye's running with the the gauntlet under his arm, and the second time I went to see it, Ali turns and goes, so. He's running a gauntlet with a gauntlet? Oh, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Are we ready to rate it out of 22? Cause I, out I, of 22. Out of 22 because yep. there's been 22 films. Uh, I thought, let's take a clever. slice of pie out of Dave's video graveyard <laughs> and uh, be a bit wacky on the rating scale. <laughs> what do you guys uh, give it out of 22? I'm going to give it 20. A solid 20. I don't know, just mathematically that gives it... A, it's about a 9 out of 10, somewhere yeah, around yeah, that mark. Yeah. Look, I think it's an absolutely wonderful film. It's probably, you know, one of the best films in the MCU, in my opinion. it have to be up there. I almost view this as, you know, second part to... It is, yeah. You know, Infinity War. Yeah. So it's sort of... It's the second half, and now that that is complete... I know, I remember you, Darren, trying to judge or try to put a rating scale on Infinity War and you couldn't do it because you hadn't seen Endgame. And, that's and now, right. now that we've got it, that's it almost it, it is a very solid film for me, 20 out of 22. Darren? 21 and a half. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go, Ben. 22. 22. Oh, All right. the way. Perfect, a perfect uh, because film. it is yeah. just, I've never yeah. seen anything like this done before. Yeah. 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 I've, I've, I've heard about these big story arcs in comics. I've only experienced it once with the Ninja Turtles, as I talked about earlier. And to uh, live it on the big screen, to, you know, um, to have all the hype, to it's just I, I feel a pleasure 
that I've been there for Iron Man and pretty much seen every single of these 22 films in the cinema yeah. and watched this. I, I'm, I'm privileged to be here today yeah. to be able to watch this pan out. I, I, you know, I just, yeah. But I wasn't there for Star Wars back in 77. Yep. I'm here now for the MCU yep. of, well, of, of, yeah. of this millennium. Yeah. Frank. Ah, oh, see, I was, I was looking around that sort of 21 mark again, but yeah. just hearing what Ben said... Like for all the, the little nitpicky time travel sort of things that can come out of it. At the end of the day, compared to a lot of the other movies where they had comic events or history to run up to, there was nothing like this, no, right? Nothing. So they literally got to make their own movie without any of the expectations at all. This is how Ragnarok's supposed to go. This is how Civil War's supposed to go. They got to do their own thing and you can't fault it. It's got to be 22. No. I can't. I can't. Booyah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Nice work. All right. Being a toy podcast, we can't escape this movie review without talking about the toys. I just had to put this in perspective, right? Mm. So we had 77 Star Wars. Massive event. Obviously, we know the history of the toy license with that. The It was too late in the piece that a lot of the big toy companies just said no to it. They just didn't have the time to get a toy line out. Kenner came up with a very sensible approach and that was the early bird kit. And so although there were no toys for the film, there was a mass flurry for the, over Christmas for these kits. And then later on in that new year, those toys did come out and it was a toy extravaganza with the, the figures and the vehicles and all that wonderful nostalgia for the toys. The other big one I can remember is obviously we had 89 Batman where we had Bat Fever. Mm -hmm. There was toys in the toy shelves. Toy Biz had the, the license, but then when that ended, it went over to Kenner and we got masses of Batman toys. And they were everywhere, including the supermarkets. They were just like, you couldn't go into a shop without seeing those Toy Biz action figures. I just want to contrast that now. We have pretty much this film. It's getting 22s out of 22s from the <laughs> Toy Power crew. It is the biggest event. I'm changing it you know, from bigger than Ben Hur to bigger than Endgame. <laughs> it's it's going to knock off James Cameron's Avatar yep. as the biggest grossing film of all time. We we were sure of that. It's going to probably get up to that three billion mark. Where are the toys? Where's question, where's the to where's the merchandising well, for this film? I've went into uh, a toy store today. I was in um, I think it was David Jones, and there was an end cap with a few of the bigger style figures, sort of the 12-inch sound figures, mm. and there were about six or seven Avengers-style figures, and they were trying to as well pass off other figures that have been out prior to Endgame so in that section. And, get get yep. your Infinity War yep. figures. This has been the most disappointing merchandising for any big blockbuster film that I've seen in my entire life. You know, you know, and you got to, but uh, I, okay. I, I, just, I, I completely I, agree. I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. You have to then take a step back and think where the plastic and yeah. where the uh, toy, you know, industry is at, at that the moment. That's what I was going right? to say. Exactly. However, however, right. Jurassic World. Sh now I'm yeah. going to swear shits <laughs> on on um, uh, Endgame. In, oh, in, in it's terms not of even a con because, it's not even a contest yeah. because I would I could uh, to Darren's point I could go to the supermarket in 2018 and buy Jurassic World toys. Absolutely, right? I cannot go to the supermarket and buy. Uh, I cannot find. Uh, you know, Endgame toys at the supermarket. No, so that's uh, where, whereas it should be. They should be right up and centre 
in that uh, quadrant, in that small, uh, you know, slimming toy section yeah. of the supermarket. Uh, but, you know, uh, Jurassic World did. Lego yeah. has. Yep. Lego yep. has had some um, some products in supermarkets recently uh, with the Lego 2 film. Uh, where's Endgame? I, 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 oh, sorry. sorry, you go first. I was just going to say, I wonder how much of that is is to do with spoilers, to be completely honest. Yep. there was It was literally like, I think, a couple of days before the premiere of the film here in Australia and I was I had some time off of work and I went to the shops browsing in toy aisles as you do and I went, oh Lego and I literally stopped and went nope don't, don't I'm going to walk past that aisle yeah. because I don't want to be spoiled uh, there was nothing I didn't see anything online about the toys and I wonder if that was literally Disney who obviously in conjunction with Hasbro and whoever else has got the licenses they literally said no you're not allowed to release promo pictures, nothing. Even a week after the film had debuted, there was shots of the Hot Toys uh, one six scale Captain yep. America and they had literally blacked out. Comes with two other accessories, yeah, which we out. now know would have been the Broken Shield and, and Mjolnir. Yep. And yeah. they had it blacked out on the images and that was and that was a week after the film premiered. Yes. I think you also factor that in with the fact that, well, we're Australia. Like, we're not going to get all this stuff we're, brand new. We're six months uh, behind exactly. the, the rest of the world. We, we so, just got yeah. internet last week. Yeah. So, we did like, get Captain Marvel pretty. Um, we didn't get much of it, but the stores like Toy yeah. World that got it, which is what I thought got it pretty, pretty much when it was yeah. at the center. But we, this, this should have been, a, in my mind, should have been instant. It should have been a shelf, you know, like a shelf yeah, of, of Endgame stock. It should have been a and, Star Wars celebration yeah, style. Yeah. Um, come at midnight and pick up your Endgame toys. I would have thought so. Just I'll tell you what I think it strange. is. I'll give you, I'll give you some context. First of all, I've been looking for it. I know this was a topic on the podcast, so I've been, I've gone out of my way. I've been to Rundamore, to Hollywood Plaza, to Parabanks to Elizabeth and to Tea Tree Plaza. The only place where I saw Endgame stuff was at Tea Tree Plaza, out yeah. of all of those. And I can tell you what I saw and where I saw it. The the two stores that had the two stores that had Endgame stuff that I saw were um, Zing, who had caps, T shirts, posters, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And Big W had some of those um, five inch scale, not Marvel Legends, basic, the, yeah, the basic, yeah, the basic on the um, white card. kids ones, yeah. and they had been ravaged. Uh, there was like two left, and you yeah. can see where they had been. But the the thing that I I would add to that though is that everybody's still got lots of Infinity War stuff. It was only a year ago, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think it's a sign of where the industry's at right now. But there's still so much of it fighting around Agreed. because this is you just have to look at the box office to see how highly regarded and how much love these characters are it's not because people don't love the characters it's more to do with what's happening in the toy aisles mm. i think and and you know i felt really sad I, I really did because it's a sensational film and we all know that frank's probably the closest aligned with with marvel out of all of us but you know you look at it objectively it is a sensational film and it deserves to have a toy presence. It deserves to be one of those memorable things that's out there. And it's an, an event that people are going to remember for years to come. It is comparable to Star Wars, to Tim Burton's Batman in 89, to, to Jurassic Park in 93. It's one of those landmark milestone event films that is really the film of its decade. Mm. I, I, and I just... you expect it to sort of be... Having, having a toy presence. Yeah. I'd be interested to know from our listeners who are all over the world whether or not Frank's right 
and some of it is spoiler motivated and you're not seeing it if you're in the US, you're not seeing it in the UK, you're not seeing it in Europe or wherever you might live or whether it's something to do with Australia. But what I what I would say is there is a lot of Infinity War stuff left behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I acknowledge that was only a year ago. But there's a lot of it. You know, there, It's not hard. If if I hadn't bought those those waves, it wouldn't be hard for me to go out there and get it now. Yeah. I, it's I, still I, out there. I have to think that it's spoiler-related, really, because you think about, as you said, Captain Marvel was pretty quick. I remember even in the lead-up to Black Panther, you could go and get mm. like the Black Panther mask and yeah. role-play sort of stuff, all those sorts of waves of figures. And I just feel like... Because literally, all they would have to do is put out, you know... Uh, and this is one of the things that was actually spoiled for me going into the movie, scrolling through Facebook as you do, and there was a thing. Now, we'd already seen the trailer that showed off the white suits, yep. but that's all they were at that point was just white suits. Oh, look, space suits, right? Yep. That's yep. what they were. But then scrolling through, and it was you could buy a hoodie version of that, and it was literally there in plain text. Oh, it's it's a quantum suit. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. well, there you, you just confirmed that theory sort of thing. And can you imagine the same thing? Like, as you, we saw it in Australia probably about, 24 to 48 hours before it debuted in the US thanks to time zones and stuff if they had the toys there for that say midnight release or whatever and then someone goes and buys the whole wave of Marvel Legends or whatever it is posts all the pictures up online before the US has even seen the film yeah uh, that's yeah I, I get that I figure I can think I, of. I think it and that might be a factor for sure but I think it speaks more to maybe how well Infinity War sold and yeah. the style of figure they can put out at the price point at a mass market. Marvel so. Legends here, we you know, is yeah. dead, right? And it's not the same in the US. But I think they could have been quite selective about what they put out. You know, I like agree. Put, that where I put, out, put out a case that is non-spoiler. Like they're the versions of the characters we've seen before. Yeah. Just just non-spoiler figures. And then after it drops, you know, two weeks, month after, you know, your second wave can be all those kind of spoiler things. Mm. But I think it, this is a, a really good point. We've talked about the demise, particularly in Australia, because that's obviously where we live. But we have talked about, you know, the fact that legends are pretty much gone from retail. retail yeah. Black is dying from retail, these sort of things. It is a changing landscape. And 2019 is epitomizing the demise of the blockbuster film as, in terms of the toy time. As, in terms of the toy time. Because it is the tale of two, two different Avengers Endgames, I guess, because as, you, as we said before, the film is doing sensationally well at the box office. People, there's superior, you know, hardcore demand for it. The toy's not so much. I think, think it is situational around how much you can sell a figure for, but I also think. If anything was going to give Marvel Legends a second life in Australia, it was going to be the launch of Endgame mm. as a film. And if they didn't have confidence in that to be able to do it, then you have to ask yourself, what would it take? Yeah. Mm. We are out of time and we are not going to get to later scores, but in a minute we are going to jump on Facebook Live and we are going to do a live later scores. We do want to have a very special shout out to our newest patron, and that is Shane Adam Gray or Druss on the forums. Thank you so much, Shane, for your support and for being such a great champ on the Discord chat, getting into it and really contributing. That is wonderful to have you on board. On that note, thanks guys for hosting this wonderful discussion. I've had a great time reliving oh, and there's all so much that. More we could and talk there is, about, and right? we could we could have done a break in the panel and gone for three hours as they do, and gone into all those time travel well, quandaries. For the Blu-ray, we'll do our we'll all sit down together and we'll do our commentary on it. <laughs> and and honestly, a bit of a shedding tear for the um, 
was it uh, not was yeah, it Phil? Phil that Phil uh, had the blackout. Had, yeah, had a blackout uh, twenty minutes before the end yep. of the film, oh, and had to then uh, sit in a car park of rampaging nerds yep. trying to leave the car park. And because he was a bit more patient than the rest, he actually uh, the power came back on, and he actually got to see the movie uh, and not, full refund uh, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. but not not a great experience. No, no right? way. No, especially you know so much hype and things. Yeah, and to and and get that far, you know, yep. it would have been different. Yeah. If it was five minutes into the film. Yeah. To get that far, uh, yeah. Yeah, would hurt. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. And on that note, we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Toy Power Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah. <laughs>